0: Uh, it's like in chess. First you strategically position your pieces, then when the timing's right you strike. See? They're positioning themselves all over the world using this one signal to synchronize their efforts in approximately six hours. The signal's gonna disappear and the countdown's gonna be over. And then what?
1: movie lovers welcome to another episode of the does it hold up podcast where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to decide if they hold up to today's standards i'm adam
2: i'm emily and this week we are covering 1996's independence day
1: well you all know why because today the day that this is going out is a day that will be remembered and go down in infamy it is the day of i don't know july 5th 2023
2: it is the day after Independence, Independence Day. but well, we figured we would do this movie for it. You this know, is... that would have been an interesting, not really, but an interesting sequel. The day after Independence Day. It's
1: literally just an hour and a half of people cleaning up stuff, <laughs> rebuilding things. Like, there's not even a story. It's just a documentary.
2: It's literally one janitor being like, are you kidding me? Like, everyone yeah.
1: else is off and you make me sweep up this road. It's like the one remaining guy in Pittsburgh or whatever, just sweeping <laughs> the street.
2: Jesus, We we get a a little snapshot of like every city that was destroyed and just the one dude. Just the one guy cleaning it up. The one guy in Chicago who's like, are you kidding me? I'd watch it.
1: No, I wouldn't. I'm not even (laughs) even going to fake it.
2: I would totally watch it and then be so mad at myself for watching it. I would hate watch it. I'd be like, I hate this so much, but I can't turn away. It's like a car accident.
1: All right. Yeah. So we're talking about 1996's Independence Day. Came out July 2nd. They almost nailed it. I don't know yeah. why they should have it come out on July 4th. This is a movie I did not see in theaters because I was 10 when it came out and we just weren't seeing movies like this in theaters at the time. I watched it for the first time on VHS. I was blown away. I was like, holy sh- Aliens are cool. I mean, I always knew aliens were cool, but like, this made
2: aliens even cooler. You Well, you have a lot of big names in this and a lot of charismatic people in this, so it's like, okay. No, I don't care about them. I like the aliens. Really? I wanted them to win. Really? Yeah. Screw these people. We'll get into it. I think the aliens look cool, but I don't think we get enough of them.
1: Oh, we definitely don't get enough of them. Okay. We 100% needed more. They were just, everything we saw from them was cool. The scene, I don't care. The scene towards the end when they are uploading the virus to Mm -hmm. the mothership and like the alien head turns to look at them is like one of the coolest things ever. And that alien looks amazing. He really does. He or she or it or whatever. Yeah, just it looks amazing. And I'm just like. Damn, win! I want to see what you guys do next. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, this was the first time you watched this movie, though.
2: Yes. That's
1: embarrassing. Like, I can't believe you're going to admit that on a podcast that people listen to that you had never watched Independence Day until you 2023.
2: So, I have this problem of if I missed it and no one has, like, forced me to watch it, I will probably not watch it because, like, I just... There's too much coming out. I never get around to going back and watching old things. So it's been on my list for years and I know a whole bunch about it beforehand, but I had just never actually taken the time to sit down and watch it all the way through.
1: There's not been a single Independence Day where your parents or your friends or somebody were like, hey, let's watch this movie. Nah. It's crazy.
2: July 4th was always just go to the park and watch fireworks. Get some hot After talks.
1: watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my July 4th tradition is I love watching the hot dog eating contest. Oh. Nathan's hot dog eating contest.
2: I've never watched it. Yes, you have. I have?
1: Yes, you have. You have watched it with me.
2: I was probably watching my phone. Yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I you I watch it every year. I think it's like the most interesting thing. Let me shove 87 million hot dogs down my throat in 10 minutes. That sounds awful and awesome
2: at the same time. I've known competitive eaters and it's just crazy what they do. I could do it. I think I could be a competitive
1: eater. It depends on what, like, you put me in a contest about eating brownies. Oh, hell, I will shut that down. I will shut, I'm 190 pounds and I will eat 190 pounds worth of brownies. No, no,
2: I got, I'll do you one better. Deviled eggs.
1: Oh, yeah, no. I will eat those until I throw up. I do not care.
2: Yeah, I will regret it later, but I will just keep eating them.
1: Oh, I will be, I will be in the bathroom for seven weeks straight afterwards, but I would Mm -hmm. eat 5,000 of those back to back to back
2: i would be cool hand luke and just eat a whole bunch of hard-boiled eggs yeah
1: contest we'll put it on youtube no i'm, I'm not <laughs> no, doing it i'm not no. doing it yeah i just i don't know competitive being is always interesting to me and i feel like i could totally do it yeah i could totally do it okay back to the movie what do you want to start with you want to start with box office or do you want to do i have some stuff like we did last week with spielberg and his thing i want to talk about the director and the star of this movie a little bit mm-hmm. do you want to do the box office stuff first or do you want to talk about that stuff first Let's talk about that stuff first. Let's talk about that stuff first. So, the director of this movie is Roland Emmerich. I've heard the name. You have. Um, He's done a ton of movies, but I'm going to go through a lot of them because it's very weird to me how this man has a career. I don't want (laughs) to talk about it. So, Roland Emmerich got his first, like, big budget, quote-unquote, big budget start with 1992's Universal Soldier, and... It had a $23 million budget and only made $36 million total. Mm. Okay. Then he went to 1994 Stargate, $55 million budget, made about $200 million worldwide. This isn't domestic, this is gonna be total worldwide. Then he had this movie. Then he had 1998's Godzilla, which I think you're a fan of.
2: I'm a really big fan. You're a really
1: big fan. He made that. That's why I know his Uh, name. 125 million budget, 375 worldwide. 375 million. Two thousands the Patriot, which you're also a fan of. Yes. 110 million budget, 215 million worldwide. 2004 is The Day After Tomorrow, which I know uh, you're a
2: huge fan of. I watch it every couple of months. So
1: you are the reason Roland Amber gets to keep making movies. It's you in particular, because I just listed four movies in a row that you are in love with.
2: I Yeah, but, I super love all of those yeah. movies.
1: Day After Tomorrow, 125 budget, 555 worldwide. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot of numbers, but just stick with me for a second. 2008 10,000 BC, 105 million budget, 269 gross. 2009's 2012, 200 million dollar budget. This one blew my mind. 760 million worldwide.
2: I remember hearing about this movie. I didn't see this one. It's a bad movie.
1: (laughs) 2013's White House Down, 150 budget, 200 mil worldwide. 2016's Independence Day Resurgence, the follow up to this movie, 165 budget, 384 worldwide. I think we ended up watching this one. Independence Day Resurgence? Yeah. No.
2: I'm fairly certain I've seen that one.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. No, we we <laughs> never watched it. You might have seen it. And then he's got two more. 2019's Midway, 100 million budget only made 126. 2022's Moonfall, which we did watch, 150 million budget only made 60 million world. Well,
2: okay. there's a reason for that. Well, yeah.
1: I actually enjoyed the idea of Moonfall. I don't know if I enjoyed the movie. But here's why I wanted to just run through all this. Somebody keeps giving this man money. Mm -hmm. to make movies. But I went through and I said, based on how much money it made, the studio, whoever put up the money, is only going to get about 50 to 60% of that money because, you know, the theaters have to take their cut and blah, blah, blah. So I went through and I said, are these movies profitable? Mm -hmm. He went from, he had 12 movies from 1992 to 2022 that he directed. Six profitable, six not profitable. But that wasn't me accounting for any marketing budget. That was just film budget. So I went back through and I added about $50 million in marketing per movie. And that's low. Most movies nowadays do about 100 to $150 million for marketing. Mm-hmm. So I added that back in. He had four profitable movies out of 12. Eight were not profitable and by wide margins, not profitable. Who the fuck keeps giving this guy money to make movies?
2: It's people like me who saw three of the movies that I absolutely loved and was like, just just make that again. Just, just do that. But he can't. I know that they're terrible, and most people don't like them. But I like them, so make them. Listen, this movie we're talking about in this podcast, Independence
1: Day, yeah, is a classic. People absolutely love this movie. Yeah, but this is like his one good movie.
2: You shut your mouth.
1: I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean. He's got two other movies rated well. I guess The Patriot at an 81 with the audience, and Midway 92 with audience. I'm saying anything over 80 is good with audiences. Oh, okay. So he's only got those two movies that are good with audience. How the hell does he keep making movies? And they're all the same damn movie. <laughs> this dude makes the same movie over and over and over again. They don't make money, and somehow he keeps making movies.
2: There will always be a market for disaster movies.
1: I guess. And if someone
2: does disaster movies and has at least a few that are okay, (laughs) because most disaster movies are terrible. Yeah, for sure. Always terrible. For sure. So if you have a few that are successes, they're like, okay, well, you know what? This is probably going to be bad, but just give it to that guy because he can maybe make it okay.
1: It just blew my mind going through filmography as a director because I was like, who the f- why (laughs) does this keep happening? <laughs> I just couldn't I couldn't place it and I was like I I don't know if you ever realized that the the same man directed like four no. of your favorite movies. No,
2: I did not and I'm like I recognize the name but I never connected it that those are the same. <laughs> Same people. Yeah.
1: He made all of those movies and I just don't get Midway was really good though. 2019's Midway.
2: I'll have to check it out. And now that you say that, I really want to watch Day After Tomorrow again, even though I just watched it like last week.
1: Oh, uh, we'll cover it for the pod at some point and I, yes. I will talk again about how the hell this guy keeps making movies. Who gives him <laughs> money? All right. Let's do critic stuff first before the box office. Okay. I've been talking a lot.
2: What do you, well, now that you said that, what do you think Ebert gave it? Three stars, I think. Two and a half. He put it on on the level of your Spider Man. Spider-Man's four stars. He's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I grabbed basically an entire paragraph from him because none of his quotes were really that Uh, like popping. Independence Day is not just an inheritor of the 1950s flying saucer genre, it's a virtual retread. Right down to the panic in the streets as terrified extras flee the camera and the skyscrapers frame a horrible sight behind them. Like those old B movies, the alien threat is undercut with lots of little stories involving colorful characters who are chosen for their ethnic, occupational, and sexual diversity. Representing the human race, there are not only David, the tech head, and the president, but also assorted blacks, Jews, Arabs, Brits, exotic dancers, homeless. Sexuals, cute kids, generals, drunken crop dusters, tight-lipped defense secretaries, and the McLaughlin group. There's not a single character in the movie who doesn't wear an invisible label.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong.
2: He's not wrong. I've seen
1: this exact movie done 17 other times Mm -hmm. before this movie ever came out.
2: And then a million times since. Yeah,
1: I, this one might've just done it really well.
2: It does like, at least the diversity in this one kind of makes sense. Like bit, none of them were like really shoehorned in. It was either New York, DC or LA. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of different ethnicities there. So it kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: Reading his entire review, he was very, very harsh on this movie. And at the end he's like, well, I kind of liked it, but
1: <sighs> yeah. That's why it's interesting to follow critics, though, because if you read his review for Spider-Man, which he gave two and a half stars, he props that movie up. He's mm-hmm. like, holy crap, this is a great movie. It's visually stunning. Sam Raimi's on something here. Yeah. Two and a half stars. Then he gives this movie two and a half stars and goes,
2: meh. It's, I've seen it before, it doesn't matter, we could take it or leave it. Yeah, I found it interesting that you're like, the aliens and everything about them are super cool. He's like, they're terrible. No, no, they, no. It, looks, it looks horrible, nothing about it is new. I needs. just want them to win because I don't <laughs> care about the humans hot takes.
1: I don't care about the humans in this movie at all, for the most part, there's like one or two. Uh, all right, what else we got?
2: Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomato critics had it at a 68%, but only 80 reviews have been recorded for the critics. Wait, so, wait, what did you have it at? 68. Whew. Okay. But only 80 reviews in the entire time since then. It, it just seems really, really low, even for an older movie. Like, I'm used to it being at least in the hundreds. So it was just really low. Audience score has it at a 75%. So it's close, but at least a little higher.
1: Yeah, that's actually kind of low. I thought audiences would have it a lot higher. I thought this movie was just universally beloved.
2: It might be that it's just, it's been a long time since it came out. So people might have that issue of, oh, I watched it when I was younger and I'm just going to review it now. What else? Just the cinema score has it in an A. It was a big blockbuster. It was the whole idea of, hey, aliens are coming to destroy the planet. We must fix it on Independence Day. As
1: I always say, this movie did exactly what it says on the tin. It was about Independence Day fighting aliens. Yep. All right. Box office movie had a budget of 75 million mm-hmm. domestically it took in 306.1 million nice that's in 1996 that's a lot of money internationally it took in another 511 million for a worldwide total of 817.4 million dollars nice holy crap holy crap adjusted for inflation its domestic total would have been 635.2 million dollars so in 1996 It was within the top 10. What are you thinking? Three. No. This was (laughs) far and away number one. This was the number one movie of 1996. And number two was another one of my favorites growing up. And I still love this movie. Twister. Hmm. With $241.6 So it came about $80 million short of this movie to be number two. Yeah. Insane. 2022 ranking. It's still in the top 10. What do you got it at?
2: Uh, Five. Three. Dang, I was going to go three with again. three.
1: <laughs> uh, number two is Avatar with 684, so beat it by about 50 million. And then number four, getting knocked down from that third spot, was Black Panther with 454 million. Mm. So about $200 million off. So that shows you what a phenomenon this movie was yeah. back in 1996. It's insane. All right, let's talk about this movie. Yeah. So we start on something that bothers me. And it's the SETI Surveillance Center, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're exploring the universe, looking for life, blah, blah, blah. They hear a signal from outer space. They get all excited. They call the president. And they're like, yo, holy crap, something's happening, blah, blah, blah. And it's from the moon. We never see these people again in the entire movie. And it bothers me. Every time I watch this movie. Yeah. They're important. They discovered this, <laughs> but we never get to go back to them. They Like, we just don't care anymore. Did uh-huh. they die? Did they escape? What happened to the people that we start the movie with?
2: See, I have the struggle of no one who looks at the sky for a living saw this thing coming. Like, I get that it's a dark color in the sky, but it's like- you They see did! What
1: it, not until it was at the moon. Dude, we don't see that much farther than the moon. We
2: see stars, and it would have blocked out some stars that would normally be there.
1: Only if we're looking at that exact location in the sky at that exact moment. Mm. Like, I, okay, this bothers me. People say this shit all the time when they're talking about movies in space, um, because I know you're a fan of a YouTube channel called Cinema Sins. Yeah. And so am I. I watch all their stuff and they they constantly point this out in movies Yeah, where it's like nobody who watched the sky for a living saw this. No. First of all, there's not that many people who watch the sky for a living. And two, they're usually charting a specific section of the sky. They're not just like waving a telescope around, just scoping out everything. Scope
2: out everything.
1: They're looking at the southwest corner of this section and it's coming from the northeast. No, they're not going to see it. (laughs) It's nonsense. It bothers me.
2: It's just like, hey, uh, we didn't see the thing that's right next to the moon, um, dude. You know how many times
1: we've looked at the moon? We don't care about the moon anymore. <laughs> we're so done with that. But also, like, maybe they have cloaking technology. You don't know
2: why wouldn't they just stay cloaked then?
1: Because it's impressive. It's a, it's an entrance.
2: Don't you know oh, they make a grand entrance? I'm sorry, I didn't know they were super villains. Yeah, they absolutely. have the presentation exactly, as Megamind would say.
1: Megamind, which came out like 14 years later. Set the precedent for how villains have to make an appearance.
2: Is Megamind from that planet?
1: God, it would be cool. He doesn't have dreadlocks, though, so I doubt it.
2: Well, that's the outer bit of him.
1: Oh, that's fair. Ooh, maybe.
2: Maybe he's... he didn't grow into that because he didn't live on that planet. Ooh. Maybe they adapt to the planet. There we go. Okay.
1: I was like, because he's blue and these aliens are definitely some other color. <laughs>
2: yeah, but they haven't been on Earth for a very long exactly.
1: time. I don't know. All right. Crossover confirmed. Megamind <laughs> is part of the Independence Day aliens. I love it. But yeah, it just bothers me that we don't go back to these people at all.
2: Well, I think they kind of realized that they have too many characters to begin with, and they were like, frick.
1: They do. Can we, do you want to run through these characters? Yes. Because it's it's freaking insane it how many people are in this We spend the
2: first, like, hour just getting to know people.
1: So we have Will Smith as Captain Stephen Hiller.
2: Who we don't see until, like, halfway through the movie, yes. He's,
1: yeah, he comes in at, like, the 35, 40 minute mark, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, So him being touted as, like, the lead of this movie is insane. Then we have Bill Pullman as President Thomas Whitmore. We have Jeff Goldblum as David Levinson. Mary McDonnell as Marilyn Whitmore, uh, the president's wife. Judd Hirsch as Julius Levinson, David's dad. Robert Loggia as General William Gray. Randy Quaid as Russell Case. Margaret Collin as Constance Spano. James Redborn as Albert M- Zicky, And then we have like Major Mitchell, who's played by Adam Baldwin. Dr. Oken... Played by Brent Spiner, like Vivica A. Fox as Will Smith's girlfriend.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And they all have their own stories happening. Yeah. That we're trying to connect. Yeah. That is too many people.
2: This was actually one of my big issues with this movie. It was just like, you get really interested in someone's story and they flip over to someone completely different for the next like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I wanted to know what happened with, you know, David.
1: Yeah. I I agree with you but at the same time I will counter that because I do think for the fact that they have like six or seven stories going on at one time they do a pretty good job with the pacing and balance of those stories even though we only spent 10 minutes with David and then we jumped to somebody else everybody got about an equal amount of screen time to let their story be told yeah And I think that was pretty good. It could have gotten convoluted really quickly. We've seen it in other movies with multiple stories happening where this one story gets 20 minutes of the runtime and this other story gets an hour and a half of the runtime. And it's like, then what's the point of the 20 minute story?
2: Yeah. I just really could have dropped some of the storylines that were just like kind of unnecessary.
1: Yeah. I don't need Stephen Hiller's girlfriend story of like picking people up in a dump truck and whatever. Like, I get it. It was cool to, like, see her be a savior and all that. But what did that add to the overall? Yeah. Other than she picks up the president's wife who's been shot down in a
2: helicopter. But also, did we need to come back to her? No. Or could she have just passed away there? Because it's not like she survives.
1: No. She definitely dies later in the movie. And we could have... Her showing back up added nothing to the story other than giving Bill Pullman a great moment with her. Yeah. But yeah, again, unnecessary. Didn't need it. We could have cut 20 minutes out of the movie just getting rid of Vivica A. Fox's... Whole Mm -hmm. side story, and it sounds really bad of like, oh, just get rid of the woman in the movie because there's only like two in the whole movie. Yeah,
2: but yeah, we could have. I'm more against the prop duster and his family.
1: You leave Randy Quaid out of this.
2: He can stay in it. I just don't need his family as much because we we go to them for quite a bit, and it's not like the kids really make a difference in the story. Like you could have taken the kids' sickness out of it. That didn't need to be there. Like, keep them in, but lower the amount of time we spend with them because they're not as important. I don't
1: know about that. I think we need uh, enough time with them to make his sacrifice at the end meaningful. It's fair. It just... I, I, I agree that the, like, sick kid didn't matter, like... Him being a drunk, neglectful father was all we really needed. Yeah. And then him turning his life around and saving, sacrificing himself to save them still, I think, would have played as well. So we definitely spent too much time with them as well. Mm-hmm. This is a two hour and 25 minute movie that probably should have been in about an hour 50. There's yeah. about 35 minutes of this movie that just can, can go away. Yeah. I don't know exactly what 35 minutes, <laughs> but there's just, definitely 35 minutes. We just
2: described at least a bit of it. Like yeah. we don't need the strip club. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like we introduce our get introduced to um Vivica A. Fox's character. What's her name? Jasmine. Mm-hmm. We get introduced to Jasmine's friend who is one of the first killed in the attacks. And it's like, who cares? Because she didn't listen to Jasmine. Well, she didn't even listen, but I don't even know you. I don't care.
2: Yeah, I, d- I definitely did not care. That's my biggest
1: problem with this. Although the pacing is good. There are times when it's just what is the point of this? Yeah. You can completely like there are probably 15 bathroom breaks in this movie where you can get up take a piss get something to eat do whatever come back and nothing is different Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have missed a damn thing you would have missed this chick getting blown up on top of a building which does not matter yeah but blowing up of all the buildings looks cool as hell it does Dude, it's so good. They blew up miniatures. Oh, That's why it looks so good.
2: See? Practical.
1: Oh, yeah. Most of this stuff's practical. Obvi- the stuff that can be practical. The flying and stuff isn't. But oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. They blow that stuff up. When that alien hits that building she's standing on and it's just like it exploding from the inside out and you're seeing everything spray. So cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I still get all giddy watching it because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love
2: this. It looks so good. I- and yeah. then the fire afterwards is not great, but...
1: We don't worry about that. Yeah. Also, fire doesn't work like that. You talk about the fire in the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Fire doesn't work like that. I have that down too. She like too. hides in a little cubby hole and is like, I'm safe. You know, fire doesn't work like that. You know, he didn't even close the door. Right? Like fire will just wrap around that corner and kill you. Yeah. That's how fire works.
2: They do this a lot in movies though. So They do. I don't
1: think they completely understand it, but fire will take up every space possible if there is a space for it to be.
2: Yeah. It if does there's not oxygen pick there, it's going to go there. Yes.
1: I'm happy because the dog survives. Oh, yeah. Don't kill dogs. Throughout
2: the entire movie. And no one ever bats an eye at it being at this bunker at the end.
1: No. Everybody's like, yeah, it's cool. It's a dog. Yep. Um, But this is... Okay, so let's talk about how we get introduced to everybody. So we get introduced to Jeff Goldblum's David because he is a handyman, a repairman for a local news station, for a local TV channel, even though he, like, went to MIT and is, like, absolutely brilliant.
2: He helps with their airwaves, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like he could be saving the world, which he does later with his knowledge. But we get introduced to him because he cracks the code that the aliens are sending.
2: I have a nit about this introduction, though. Okay, go. Who rides bikes indoors? Lots of people. Why? That's just a jerk move.
1: My thing I want to talk about with um, his introduction is his friend. Because I absolutely yeah. love his friend. Uh, his friend is Marty Gilbert, played by Harvey
2: Fierstein. I love his voice. I always have. Anytime I see him in anything, I'm just like, oh, yes.
1: Yeah. But I just love, he's so in David's face, but also like you can tell that they're close. Mm-hmm. And he's just so funny. He's great comic relief because Jeff Goldblum's not funny. Like he can be. But overall, he's very dry, Mm -hmm. where this friend in this movie is not dry. He's very animated. He's very outgoing and, oh, my God, and I got to do the thing and I got to call my mom. Yeah. And then you just have that against very stoic Jeff Goldblum David. And it's so good. I could have used a lot more time with them.
2: Yeah, I was really sad because he dies. And we like in the little explosion Mm -hmm. that he dies in the fire. And it's like, but I liked him. I wanted him to just follow Goldblum wherever he went and like helped him.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And then we get introduced in a little bit when he comes into the movie, we get introduced to Will Smith, Stephen Hiller, Mm -hmm. who feels the ground quake, wakes up Vivica A. Fox's house, Jasmine's house and getting ready to go about his day because he's been called to work he's a marine and he's been called in and all of a sudden he starts seeing everything going on yeah all the neighbors are packing up and running and leaving and this is a really cool moment for me in this movie because it's such a great horror element Mm -hmm. when will smith's character walks outside and he's going side eye and looking back and forth at all the neighbors leaving if you were like oh it's because of a zombie apocalypse I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, because there's a giant creature coming to destroy things. Yeah, that makes sense. This is such a great horror moment in a non-horror movie. And even the push in on his face and the music playing just makes you tense. I it's feel like he could have started the movie here. Probably, but we have to introduce David beforehand breaking codes.
2: Yeah, he can break the code as it's happening.
1: Yeah. What's weird for me, though, is I get it. She's a stripper who probably works nights, so that's why she's sleeping. I don't know why he's sleeping when it's bright as hell outside. And they're like, it's too early. And her kid is outside running around by himself with a water pistol already. What the f- Yeah. Y'all suck as parents. Wow! Well, yeah. Ridiculous. It was cool, though. The little kid that plays Jasmine's son mm-hmm. is the same kid who played Nikki, the youngest child on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air years earlier with Will
2: Smith. I actually found myself finding a lot of little nuanced stuff that Will Smith did in The Fresh Prince in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah. He plays, he basically plays himself as a Marine in this movie. Yeah. Just like he played himself in Fresh Prince. Yeah. That is one of my biggest problems with his character here. It feels so out of place compared to everybody else in the movie. Everybody else is kind of playing it as in it's not a hard drama, but it's not a straight up comedy either. And then here comes Will Smith being like, <laughs> joke, 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 quip, quip.
2: quip. I should have been at a barbecue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It bothers me.
2: I think I kind of needed it though. Mm. We needed at least some humor in this movie.
1: Some, but we already had like the best friend, David's best friend who was funny. But then they killed him. David still gets to be funny at times. One of my funny, one of my favorite parts is when he's learning how to take down the alien shields, and he's like, "Hey, shoot that, shoot that beer or that pop can up there." And he shoots, and it bounces around, and everybody kind of looks at him. He's like, "Yeah, I did that." And then he takes down the shield, and he shoots it again. He's just so proud of himself, and it's just such a funny moment because, like, dude, you could have killed somebody. Yeah. You knew that bullet was gonna bounce around, and you just didn't care.
2: So he doesn't necessarily know it'll bounce around because it could explode on impact like everything else did.
1: It could. It was just such a funny moment. Or when he first gets to Area 51 and the president is talking like trying to figure out like oh my god area 51 exists because clearly the president didn't even know it existed yeah but david just starts walking around just touching stuff and (laughs) scientists are just kind of looking at him like who the hell are you he's just like yeah whatever i'm just touching things
2: he has that same moment later of the when they're in the ship and he's like don't touch stuff and he immediately touches stuff looks at it like oh god what is that Dr. Oaken's
1: like, don't touch stuff. And he's like, why is everybody always telling me not to touch things? So he just slams his hand on everything. (laughs) That's the funny stuff for me, though. Yeah. Will Smith quipping about cigars or fat ladies or whatever is not funny. So they all have their own stories going on. And now they have to come together because Will Smith takes off as a as a pilot, as a jet pilot to fight the aliens With his best friend, who is played by Harry Connick Jr., and I absolutely love him in this movie. Um, What do you think of him? The white best friend?
2: The one that is the pilot?
1: Yeah, Will Smith's best friend in this.
2: Cool, but I didn't get enough time with him to really care.
1: Captain Jimmy Wilder. I know, we need more with him too. I feel like they brought these really fun characters in and then just got rid of them immediately.
2: To keep some of the more boring characters, yes. Yeah,
1: because he was great. I love when they're getting the, the briefing and he puts his head on his shoulder. Hold me. Yeah, it's just... They felt like they were real friends and that really made that moment. And then when he does his whole preacher reverend thing... As they're flying into combat and everybody's like, well said, well said. It's just so good.
2: It really gave me like Will Smith and this guy really watched Maverick or Top Top Gun Gun, right before this. And we're like, we're going to do that.
1: Absolutely. I I mean, it also made me think
2: of where is Maverick? I feel like Maverick should be here for this.
1: Yeah. Like Tom Cruise should just come flying in and be like, I got this. Yeah. They go to fight the aliens. They realize they have these shields. Yeah. They can't destroy them. So they have to escape. Harry Connick Jr.'s character dies, which is just asinine. Keeps some people alive. Yeah. Like, these guys are going to have zero friends when they're when they're done with all this. It's they stupid. They have
2: new friends. Yeah, they have each
1: other. Who cares? <laughs> but he does a trench run. Will Smith's character does a trench run. The alien ship crashes. And then Will Smith also crashes, but somehow survives. But the alien doesn't survive. Well, he kind of survives, but he's Be- injured.
2: Because he tried to stay in the ship as it crashed.
1: I, they're aliens and they've traveled all this way. How weak is that? So weak.
2: Well, they said they are just as killable as us.
1: So the alien pops out and this is where you get a good look at him for a second. And it's really cool. Mm -hmm. And then Will Smith just punches him. Yep. And is like, welcome to Earth. Mm -hmm. And he beat him.
2: Yay. Sucker punch.
1: Okay. So I told you about this before we watched the movie. And it's something that just blew my mind when this movie came out for years. So when this movie first came out, nobody cared. But years after this movie came out, like early 2000s, all of a sudden it became like a giant thing of Will Smith says, welcome to Earth with an f as in like using black slang Mm -hmm. to say it but he clearly doesn't but there was like years where people swore he said it was earth when clearly in it he says earth with a th sound yeah and i don't know why that became such a thing it was like the dumbest arguments people would have
2: it's almost the fact of people were expecting him to say it like that i guess
1: racist yeah yeah
2: And it's like, I didn't hear that. Although, T-H and F make similar noises. So it's like, okay, eh? Yeah, but all it
1: took was just watching the movie. Welcome to Earth. Like, you just had to watch the movie to understand. But people would have legitimate arguments about whether he said it with an F or a T-H.
2: Well, that also, all it took was one person, basically. Because once you're told you're supposed to hear something a certain way, you're gonna hear it that way. I guess. So it's the same idea of getting lyrics wrong. Yeah. So... Yeah, but then you just go listen to the song and, and figure it out. Yeah. Or that doesn't always work. Movie.
1: And I, we just, need the lyric video. <laughs> it was just like the dumbest argument I remember people having yeah. and like memes everywhere and just all this stuff. And I was like, really? Cause he definitely just says earth. Yeah. But I know you have a problem with this moment because these aliens have like an exoskeleton and Will Smith just punches the alien and knocks it out.
2: Yeah. I was like, it doesn't really seem like an exoskeleton. It seemed too like soft to be one but yeah then... but they have
1: to like cut it open They when they go yeah, to do but it, they the only... dissection but they use
2: like a regular scalpel
1: I mean it's still uh, a hard shell I mean I can cut open a beetle with a scalpel but it still has a hard shell
2: I don't know for me it just didn't look like it would be hard like a hard exoskeleton so that's because like, it was gooey oh that could the be the gooey it.
1: makes you think it's soft but yeah no, nah, it was definitely a hard exoskeleton
2: yeah but then again People in wear helmets and get concussions, so I know but it's it's a I don't know. He literally just
1: punches the alien.
2: Yeah, after why are he was you, in a crash. Why are
1: you defending this? You had a problem with it prior to the podcast, and now all of a sudden you're trying to defend that No 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 it could happen. Because I thought about it more
2: in the like hour since I watched that movie. God, now you're making me look stupid that I'm bringing <laughs> it up because I thought you had a problem with it. No, I was like, okay, this that's kind of dumb. If it has an exoskeleton, it should be pr- protected. But then I was like, wait, football players get concussions. So <laughs> clearly it, it can just be rattling its head around in there. Yeah. So then he
1: makes it to the base to get in. He gets to Area 51 with the alien that he knocked out and is dragging in his parachute. Along the way he catches up with Randy Quaid, who's a crop duster, who's drunk, who ten years ago was abducted by aliens and lost his mind, has been preaching about how aliens are gonna come to the Earth, but nobody will listen obviously, because he sounds crazy. Yeah. They all end up at this base. This is where Jeff Goldblum has come with the president after telling him all about how he cracked their code and he can do this and that, because he's a freaking miracle worker. And this is where he goes, I can implant Yeah. Into their systems so that their shields will go down and we can kill them. Mm -hmm. The the pop can scene I was talking about earlier. And he's like, okay, but how do we get in there? He's like, we got to do it from the mothership. Good thing we have this ship from Roswell 19 whatever that can fly. And good thing it's the same exact aliens.
2: I was going to say, it is funny that it's the same exact aliens, but they could have also done it with the whole fact that they just crashed one of the ships. Yeah, I don't know why we needed
1: that. Like Will Smith has a, a ship.
2: At least this one, they've been repairing it. They've been working on it. So it might work now, but like... Yeah, but I have a feeling
1: the one that just crashed is probably going to work better than the one that they've had for 40 years.
2: Yeah, I was waiting for them, the aliens to be like this is an outdated model. Hmm.
1: Hey, this looks like one of those scout ships we sent here 50 years ago.
2: Hey, what's the serial number on that one? (laughs) Because I think that one's the one that was stolen. I was half expecting it to be the Futurama episode with the uh, beeper. Oh, yeah. The button. Where they're just
1: look, that's okay. you solved it. That's the real reason they came to Earth. They just wanted to get their car back.
2: Yep. And uh, they figured what better way than to bomb places because clearly they can't find it. Yeah, they couldn't find it. It wasn't even supposed to be bombed that's just their signal their beeper yep trying to they're uh, just
1: sending a pulse through the ground to mm-hmm. find it yep yeah. all right solved we did it good job we know why they came
2: sweet it not, makes, not just to take over the planet because this is a breathable world for them
1: it makes just as much sense as what the movie tried to tell us so you know
2: it As much as people are gonna hate me for it, it makes actually fine sense. I didn't have a problem with a lot of the like reasons behind things. I
1: mean, it's better than like the movie Signs from MI Chamelon, where it was like aliens are coming to Earth, but they are allergic to water. Allergic to water. Deadly
2: allergic to water. So yeah, yeah,
1: come to a planet that has a bunch of water. This one's like, they breathe our air. They basically have the same kind of immune system as us. Yeah.
2: They are us. They are just better technology. Yeah. And they don't want to share the planet. They're just what they've been doing is they've been taking over every world because they get to mind meld. The president gets mind meld a little bit. The with, president? Yeah. I mean, you, you have the scientist yeah. who speaks for them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then he kind of the like same looks moment, at moment, he does a thing. At the same moment, the president's like, oh my God, I saw what their plan was. They go from planet to planet. Once they use up the resources, they go to the next planet. It's basically what humans would do if we had better technology. Maybe
1: these aliens need to learn how to create resources instead of just using them.
2: Basically, they were us all along. They're an advanced version of us. Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, man, we are just solving this movie left and right. Yeah. That's us from the future. They're not even aliens. They're from the distant future. Yeah,
2: that's just what we
1: turned into. Yep. And then we traveled the universe just destroying things. And then we were like, went through a, a whirlpool. We went, went through Earth looks like it did a thousand years ago. Let's go there. Yeah. Okay. Now this movie makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. And, and by more, I mean less. <laughs> oh, it makes tons of sense. <laughs> but yeah, so they have to take this ship up into the mothership uh, yeah. to implant this virus, which will take down all the shields so that they can kill everybody, mm-hmm. or kill all the aliens. Yeah. But only the Americans figured this out. And then they tell every other country, and we get a wonderful moment of, hey, the Americans say they have a plan. Well, it's about bloody time. <laughs> Why are they just waiting for the Americans to figure it out?
2: We are the Propaganda. Most, Uh militaristic of all of them.
1: That's not true. That's not yeah. true. We are not the most militaristic out of all the countries in the
2: world. We have the biggest military.
1: No, we don't. No, we don't. China has the biggest military. That's they fair. We we never
2: show the show China at all.
1: No. Because we'd we we were not fans of China back in the nineties. <laughs> we didn't make movies for China. So if this movie was made today, they'd spend half the movie in China. So that they could say that. So the plan would have actually market. come
2: from China. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, I I actually really enjoy this scene of them coming together and like Oh, we finally have a plan. Let's get everyone ready to go. Yeah, and they
1: have to send it through old Morse code because the aliens have hacked the satellite so you can't communicate with anybody Mm -hmm. or they'll know. So they send it through Morse code, which is just, that's cool. I like that.
2: So I like the fact that throughout this movie, they are talking about how it's going by signals and they basically telegraph how they're going to defeat them by bringing it up multiple times. And it's not so much that he broke the code, he just figured out there was a sequence well
1: it's he also had to break the code though because he has to figure out how to get a virus into their system
2: well yeah he does that after it's just like you were like he broke the code and it's like no he figured out there's a sequence and it was a Timer.
1: Which is a code. I mean, a sequence is a code. Yeah. It's like having a cipher. He broke it. So I'm right. Don't try to tell <laughs> but me but, wrong. but they were
2: using our own
1: satellites, against, satellites
2: us. against us. And it's like, well, what can we do? Use the satellites to our advantage.
1: Yeah. There are satellites. Figure it out, idiots. Yeah. So they're going to do- go up there. And who gets chosen? Stephen Hiller, who is a pilot. So that makes sense. But he's also always wanted to be an astronaut. So now he gets to actually go to space. Woo! You know, reasons. David gets chosen because what if something goes wrong? He needs to be there to fix it, even though they could send anybody else because it just seems like push a couple buttons, upload a virus, and leave.
2: Well, his whole thing is well, what if something goes wrong? And I'm the only one who figured this out, so I'll probably be able to figure out a plan B if plan A doesn't work. Listen,
1: if plan A doesn't work, you're all going to die. There's no time for a plan B.
2: You know what? Be ready for it. So they
1: go up. The aliens figure out what they're going to do. So they're coming to destroy Area 51, where all of our main characters are now gathered. Mm -hmm. And the president's like, we're going to go on the offensive. And hopefully by the time we get there and start fighting them, the virus will be uploaded and we'll be able to take them out. Yeah. This is a gamble. This is a huge gamble. Hoping that it'll be ready in time.
2: I mean, this is their end game, basically. This is their
1: Independence Day.
2: This is their only chance that they have against a vastly superior race it was like you know what if we're gonna die we're gonna die swinging
1: so they go up they upload the virus but they are locked in place because the aliens aren't dumb <laughs> they held on to the ship so they start uploading the virus and the aliens are like we see you and they shoot a nuclear weapon, not a nuclear weapon. They just shoot a, a missile into these aliens, into their like mother, mother ship communication center thing. And then it just sits there and they're like, oh crap, we got like 30 seconds to get out of here. And we get a really cool chase scene. This mm-hmm. chase scene's awesome. Trying to get out of the mothership. What do you eh, think? No?
2: It's it's okay to me. All right. it's That's fine. I've, I've seen better chases. That's fine. So they, it works.
1: The virus works. They start blowing them up. The mothership's going down. All the shields are gone, but they still can't blow up the ship that is trying to bl- kill them. Yeah. Because it's just too big and they just don't have the right weapons for it. So who comes to the rescue? Randy Quaid. I don't even know his character's name. Drunk Crop Duster. Drunk Crop Duster. I think it's D. No, we already have a David. Uh, it's Russell. 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 He comes to save the day, and this is such a great moment. They're going to shoot their little beam down and blow everybody up, and he flies up through the beam in his jet to blow up their cannon, which then blows up the entire ship.
2: All because his missile- Locked. Locked and would not fire. Yeah. But he's like, you know what? I'm out.
1: (laughs) The way he delivers the line of, Hello, boys. I'm back. is so great. So great. It's one of those, it's not my award winner, Mm -hmm. but it was a very, very close
2: second. His entire moment there of like everything he says, my generation would say. Up
1: yours. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I love it. And it's such an emotional moment too, because like you said, we spent some time with his family, maybe a little too much time. But he's been a neglectful father, a drunk idiot, and he wasn't always. It was after the aliens abducted him.
2: Which they actually did because they're like, they've been coming here for a while trying to figure us out. Yeah. That's how they knew where to attack.
1: And where weaknesses and how we're weak as people and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It was great because at the end, the kid who's sick nobody's looking at him even though they don't have the medicine so the kid's like going into relapse basically and he freaks out on a doctor when they get to Area 51 like shoves him off against a wall and he's like you fix him now or there's gonna be hell to pay yeah and then he's like over the radio he's like tell my kids I love them and then he takes the headset off and he's like ha, 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 I'm back is such a good moment though. And that's why I don't know if I could get rid of anything to do with his family because then that moment has less
2: impact. Maybe just adjust. Okay. Like like I said, we don't need to get rid of them entirely. Him having a family is important. Just the way it came about... Like, we don't need the daughter in that situation. No,
1: no, definitely. Like, I think if you just had like the two kids, like the yeah. the, the grown-up kid and then the kid that's sick, you, yeah. you can go from there. Just, there was just a little bit too much. And that's it. They win. Boom, boom, boom. Fireworks. Ha, 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 ha. Saves the day. Movie ends.
2: Yeah, questions? Nits. They do they do a whole bunch of yada yadaing about the whole thing that uh those ships are going to hit the ground and uh, do a lot of damage. I mean, there was
1: already a lot of damage done. They're just they're just compounding it. It's fine. Let's mm-hmm. go through nits. Yeah. So, uh my one nit and it happens all the time. I hate when mother ships control all other ships. So you blow up one ship and all the other ships just automatically blow up. Hate that concept. But they didn't. But they did. But they didn't. No, they they, they, they had
2: didn't. to they had to tell everyone to how to destroy them, but they wouldn't have the signal those are of the, when the, to
1: go. Those are the motherships. So we have like the massive mothership that they implant the virus in. But yeah. And then you have the smaller motherships that Randy Cade's character flies up into and blows up. As soon as he blows that up, all the other fighter ships all end. They all just stop fighting. They're all connected. Mm. And I hate that. Yeah. Um, I hate that uh, Jasmine is a stripper. I just don't know why that had to exist. Yeah. We needed more Bill Pullman as the president, but that's just a complaint I have in every movie that he's in where he's <laughs> not the lead because I absolutely love Bill Pullman. I think Will Smith is too quippy. Yeah. He's way Definitely. too clippy for me. And then killing off Harry Connick Jr. in the the, the other pilot. Mm-hmm. Just what a stupid thing. He's such a good actor and he's so damn likable. You could have kept him in the rest of the movie and had another character for people to connect to. Those are my nits. What do you got?
2: One of my biggest nits is they went pretty far into all the cliches of a disaster movie. This like alien disaster movie, but they didn't go all the way. Like they didn't have the, the end is nigh guy. Where's the alien kook that knows everything about aliens. I guess the like one guy was, the long hair guy. They did and they didn't. Yeah. They like took
1: the beats of those people and separated them out into multiple people.
2: Yeah. It was just like, those are the things I come to an alien movie for. Yeah, sometimes cliches are important and we they, they exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then I love the fact that they go after these large cities and the first three that they go to are L.A., DC and New York. Yeah, it's like you didn't come to Chicago.
1: No, they can't come to Chicago. Are you serious? If they come to Chicago, <laughs> South Side is—they're not surviving. E- even aliens, know South Side Chicago is not a place you want to go to.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say they—we would not even bother with the warning of "Hey, don't shoot your guns at the alien spacecraft" because there's no there's avoiding no. that.
1: Listen, somebody's got a bazooka in South Side Chicago. They're <laughs> pulling that thing out and they're going for it.
2: Okay. But, <laughs> Aliens are like, we're we're dumb, but we ain't that dumb. Until later in the movie, which apparently they do become that dumb. What else you got? Anything? Nah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, there wasn't like a ton of nits for me in this one. It was just like, okay. One it thing happened. that I didn't quite enjoy is the transitions. They were just really too much. Okay. They were harsh and like, wah-bam, transition. Yeah. transition. And I'm like, <laughs> it. it, it you, I don't need that. Your opening was wah-bam enough. Like everything being like exploded. Yeah. Tell me you're a 90s movie without telling me you're a 90s movie. Oh, uh,
1: 90s had the best opening credits of all time though. There was always something cool happening with them. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into questions. Why don't you start with yours? Uh,
2: is this the coolest film president ever?
1: Yes, next. It's not even a discussion. Bill Pullman should actually just be...
2: President. What exactly was Goldblum oh my goding on the ship, on the mothership? He was like, oh my god. But we don't see what he's looking at at that moment. Uh, it's the windows being open. No, right? it was before that. It's a, they're flying into the mothership.
1: I mean, I would just say, oh my god, because I'm a freaking alien mothership. So I'm pretty sure that's what it was.
2: Okay. <laughs> Those were my two main ones. The rest of them were like, you saw that it has a shield. Why do you think nukes are going to work?
1: Yeah. They, some of the dumbest decisions happen in this movie just to further the plot. And it's like, I know people are stupid, but yeah. they're not this stupid.
2: It just, it makes me think that they were like, well, if we can't have this planet, no one does. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, I realized what he was oh godding! Hmm. They're amassing their army. Mm. When they're flying in, they're seeing that a bunch of troops are lined up ready to attack and all that stuff. They're, so he's like, oh my God, there's more.
2: Mm, I'm pretty okay. sure
1: that's what it was. Okay. All right. That it? Yeah. Cool. I got a bunch. Ready? Mm-hmm. Pick the best 90s bloom out of these three. Okay. Okay. You have Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Okay. You have David Levinson from this movie, mm-hmm. or you have Aaron from the Prince of Egypt. Oh. You probably didn't realize he voiced Aaron.
2: I forgot. But he did. Um, I'm still going to go with David, actually.
1: Oh, from this movie.
2: From this movie. Okay. Yeah. I love Ian Malcolm. I think he's a little too obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love him as Aaron. Unfortunately, there's not enough of him in yeah. that movie. So, yeah, this one.
1: All right, is this peak Will Smith? No. Really, what do you think is peak Will Will Smith?
2: Uh, Men in Black, actually.
1: Okay, so the next year, following year. Mm -hmm. You think Will Smith, though, peaked in the 90s? Yeah. I also agree. I don't think he's ever hit the height he had when he was in the 90s.
2: Yeah, no, he found his niche, he played it out, and then he tried going other ways, and it just has not worked for him
1: since. Uh, What worked best in the movie? The emotion, the action, the drama, or the humor?
2: For me, it was the humor. Really? Yeah, it was tied between that and the action. Okay. I enjoyed those two very much. The drama was meh. Yeah. I, like, I, like you said, I didn't really care too much about any of the characters because the ones that I somewhat cared for, I kind of knew were safe. Yeah. Like they, they didn't really play fast and loose with anyone who actually mattered.
1: Uh, what piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie?
2: Uh, David's computer.
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
2: Yeah, it's a little like almost like laptop type yeah. computer, the like briefcase computer.
1: Hell yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I want the alien. The mm. alien that I, they dissect. I want it.
2: Oh, not the one, that, not one of the pickled ones.
1: No, no, I want that. <laughs> I want the full one. Um, Okay, if this movie was made in 2023, who plays the lead characters, David and Hiller?
2: So I know you asked me this beforehand because yeah, I'm lot of actors. Yeah. yeah, I'm stuck between two okay. on Hiller because I was trying to find someone who is as charismatic. So I went between Zac Efron mm. and a weird pole, Zazie Beetz.
1: No, Zach Efron.
2: I, I was just like, okay. I, I love Zazie. I've, I've literally worked with Zazie. I've
1: mm-hmm. talked to her. I have hung out with her. I I've have made a movie with her. Same. She's amazing. Um, Big fan of hers. She doesn't work in this role. I don't know. No, nah, she just doesn't work in this role.
2: I would have her test screen for me.
1: Nah. nah. And then
2: um, for David, I thought maybe Andrew Garfield, because he has that like kind of funny, but definitely quirky, weird. A little bit. That was the one that I was like, okay, a named person who is good at being weird, but yeah. can also be kind of charismatic at the same time. Okay, because Goldblum is that.
1: I'll, I'll I'll give it to you. I'm not a huge fan of any of your picks. Yeah, but I'll give it to you. Uh, for me, I think David is played by Jeff Goldblum. I think he just <laughs> does it. I think. 60 year old scientist just it still just works it could yeah. and i think he can still just do, do it why he came back for this exactly and then for Hiller, i think i go with john boyega we haven't okay. seen him in a really quippy role before except for like years ago he was in a movie called attack the block which was about aliens mm-hmm. it was one of the first things he ever did he's kind of quippy in that but we already know he can be an action star we already know he's a great actor i've never really seen him in something funny but i would love to give him the chance to just Shine because I think he's excellent. Yeah, and I'd give him, I'd give him the shot here.
2: I just, I just don't know if he has the correct charisma. Like, I, I would want to, I would want to see that. Yeah, but I, uh,
1: this movie doesn't have to be beat for beat. Like, that's fair. You know, that's if why I Yeah, if it's a little <laughs> less funny because of less quips, well, then so be it. Because
2: yeah. I thought there was too many to begin with. Yeah, all right.
1: Who looked cooler in their final walk, smoking cigars? Jeff Goldblum or Will Smith? Goldblum. Oh, dude, same.
2: I actually have it written down never thought i needed to see gold in a fighter pilot uniform but i did yeah
1: and he looks so cool he's got this weird saunter where mm-hmm. it's like he's not trying to be cool but just looks cool where mm-hmm. will smith like tries to have a swagger and he tries to be like yeah i'm the best i did the- that yeah <laughs> and like gold just like he draws my attention in that scene oh
2: my god everyone always talks about gold doing his little pose with a shirt open yeah. in and park and i'm like uh-uh this has that beat like yeah. give me that any day and i'm like Listen, I'm watching
1: that scene. So in that scene, they've landed after everything's destroyed and they're walking up smoking their cigars because, you know, victory. Yeah. And their their significant others run up to them, Jasmine to Hiller and whatever her name is to him. Yeah. And I, the entire time I'm like, Jasmine, you're going to the wrong person. Like <laughs> I, I think both women should just be running to Goldblum at this point.
2: Have the dog run up to him, right, the kid. Wife. I don't
1: care, everybody. Everybody should just run up and jump on him because he looks so damn cool. I mean, moment.
2: to be fair, without him, everyone dies.
1: Yep, yeah, ooh, you flew a ship. That's literally your job.
2: This guy figured out how to defeat them and yeah. then defeated them.
1: Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? We have some female people in this. I
2: don't think they ever converse together though.
1: Uh, oh. uh, the president's wife and Jasmine do. And they don't talk about... They talk about a son, which I guess is about a, about a man, but not in like uh, talking about a man. But they also
2: talk about how she stripper. knew her and how, yeah. like, I guess so.
1: And the woman that David is with at the end of the movie, who is works for the president in some way. I'm not real sure what her job Top is. Top advisor,
2: I guess. Yeah, something yeah. like that.
1: Like, she's a powerful woman. She actually tells David to go F himself multiple times. Not in those words, but, you know. Yeah. So she's a strong woman, too. Does this
2: pass the Bechdel test? Barely.
1: 90s movie passes Bechdel tests. That's yeah. crazy. And then young presidents, why aren't they a thing? So when Bill Pullman filmed this movie he was only 42 and he plays a great president who's totally believable and yet we never have young presidents every president we have in this country is like 90 freaking years old
2: that's because the majority of people who vote are old and they don't think younger people can do anything.
1: They should watch movies more. They yeah. always have young people and it's great.
2: One last thing I thought of, what do you think his presidential approval rating will be after this? Oh, 100. Because it was at 40 at the beginning of this yeah. movie. I mean, it won't
1: even be at 100. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's gonna be at like 55. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are gonna be like, dude, we wanted the aliens here, how dare
2: you? You Dumb. didn't do enough. Like, ugh, you were only in a plane fighting them. <laughs> Why well, yeah. weren't you in the spaceship? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just, it made me think, I was like, what do you want to bet it blew up at least to 60?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about before we do hot takes?
2: No, I think I'm good.
1: All right. Hot takes. I got a spicy one. So you want to go
2: first? Sure. Okay, go ahead. This movie has too much time for drama. Ooh. I don't know about that. It definitely takes way too much. Like, we don't need to see them get married. Yeah, that's fair. That's why I said there's certain, there's like beats where it's just like bathroom break. Just go. We have time for this. Like, I don't know.
1: All right. You ready for this? Yeah. Will Smith is bad in this movie. Okay. He's boring. Mm -hmm. He's trying way too hard to be funny. And he's overshadowed by Goldblum in every scene they have together. I don't know why people love his performance in this movie. I think it's crap.
2: I think it's a stock Will Smith movie. Yeah. A stock Will Smith performance. Performance and people
1: are like, oh, this is his breakout role. And it's like it's this is nothing special. I thought he was amazing in this movie years ago. Yeah. Watching it now. I'm like, man, you are boring as hell. And I do not care about you. And it's because of you, not the character. It's because of Will Smith that I don't like that character. That's fair. He's trashing this movie. Sorry. I don't care if you're a Will Smith fan. You're wrong. <laughs> All right. Awards time. First up is our psycho shower scene. For your favorite scene in the movie, I have the alien dissection. Mm. The whole thing. It's a long scene and I don't care. But from when they find out they have a live one and Dr. Oaken goes in to dissect it and then it wakes up and just murders fools and then wraps its tentacle around him and speaks through him is nightmare fuel in the middle of a rather humorous alien film yeah but it gets me every time like the practical effects look amazing the action is cool the way he speaks through oaken is cool like it's all great top to bottom the acting is great the music is great the visuals are amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. I love this scene. I will admit, I jumped when the top, the exoskeleton popped open. Oh, it's so jumped, cool! Uh, and getting that close of a look at the alien was just like, oh, you look cool. Yeah. I like the way you look.
1: Now you know why I wanted them to win. They look cool.
2: Yeah, Roger Ebert. Yeah, they look cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's my favorite scene far and away. Yeah. What do you got?
2: Mine is the entire planet getting the plans and coming together. Like, okay, I, I don't know why, but it gives me like the warm and fuzzies.
1: You're a sucker for a montage, though.
2: I am. So, I mean, give me a montage and I'm here for it.
1: So then montaging each country, getting the plans and plans. getting ready to yeah. go.
2: Yeah, that was my favorite part. Because lo- I'm just like, yes, we are finally all together against a common enemy and like one planet. Woo. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm here for the Kool-Aid.
1: Our next award is the...
0: Life uh, finds a way.
1: For your favorite line in the movie, I will start. Okay. It is the entire presidential... I'm not even going to say it because it's just the entire presidential speech.
2: We'll play it right now.
0: Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. It's so damn good.
1: (laughs) It's so so good. It is one of my favorite speeches in a movie of all time. Not by... A president, just anybody giving a speech in a movie, it is so good. And just ending it on, this is our Independence Day, is tingles just down my spine how much I love this speech. Again, Bill Pullman runs for president and just does this speech. He's getting my vote. It's so good. But just the idea behind it, too, of being like, hey, it's interesting that it lands on Independence Day, because that's the day that we got freedom. But now, it's not just our Independence Day. It's everyone's. We're yeah. going to come together. We're going to do this. We will get victory.
2: It's not for against tyranny. It's for our lives. It's yes. It's for our right to live. And we are all for once working together. Yeah.
1: It's so powerful. So powerful. It's so good. Okay. So what? what is yours then? What gets your award?
2: I will actually give my uh, honorable mention first. Oh, okay.
1: You must go faster. Must go faster. And
2: I'm just like I see what you did there.
1: <laughs> we all see what they So did. it couldn't
2: be my actual award, but I had to say it as an honorable mention because I was just like yay. All right. My actual award will go to it's one of the times that we hear the news in this movie
0: and it's once again the LAPD is asking Los Angelinos not to fire their guns at the visitor spacecraft you may inadvertently trigger an interstellar war. <laughs>
1: that's so funny. That's what we talked about earlier was just that's why I didn't come to Chicago because yeah. Chicago's not listening to that warning.
2: But this is the kind of thing I was just like, that is very American. It's yeah. so American. I, I could see a lot of people in this country going for that. So it made it made me chuckle. I was like, that is one of the most realistic things in this movie.
1: Yeah. In a movie that's not very realistic, it has moments. Oh, yeah. And that is for sure one of them. I love that <laughs> line. And I don't think it's a line I ever really noticed before. Like the first couple of times mm-hmm. I watched this movie, I didn't really notice it. But the day I noticed it, I was just like,
2: <laughs> yep. yes. Yes yeah it stuck out to me right away yeah was just like ah, i it's see what you did there
1: so good next up is the han shop first award for the thing that held up the worst since this movie came out go first
2: for me it's the movie's length okay. it kind of drags in parts i know you like the pacing but it it drags in too many parts and i feel its length i literally paused it at an hour and i was like oh crap i have an hour and a half left <laughs> like it was interesting it just took too long to get there.
1: I agree. It definitely could cut down some of the time. Yeah. Like we talked about, there's about thirty five minutes of this movie that can go away. Yeah. I don't know the exact thirty-five, but it's in there. Yeah. Mine is Will Smith. Oh. Um, watching it this time for the pod, I just realized how bad that character is is, how poorly it's acted, and how much he tried to and I don't I don't know the man. He's he's an actor that I've never had the uh Pleasure or displeasure. Of working with. So he might be a great person in real life. Mm -hmm. Somehow I doubt it. He doesn't seem like he would be, but he might be. But in this movie, it feels like he wants to be the star or was told he's the star. And so he needs to overshadow everybody else and he needs to make the movie about him. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you didn't even show up for the first hour. Nobody cares.
2: I knew this movie as being like his movie. And I was very surprised to find out like he's almost a bit player. Yep. Yeah. And I just he's don't, almost interchangeable in yeah, this movie.
1: He has no levels. He is one note the entire time. Even during a scene when he gets a letter saying he won't be accepted into the space program, mm-hmm. he doesn't even show emotion. He's just like, oh, that sucks. Oh shucks. Move on. Yeah. I, I don't like his performance at all. And that's why it was my hot take as well. I never once realized how bad he is in this movie. Until watching it for this pod. And I hated it. Hated his performance. Last award is the Paul Rudd Award for what held up the best since this movie came out.
2: Go ahead. For me, it is all of the main actor's performances.
1: Except for Will Smith.
2: Well, yeah. I don't really consider him super main. Because once right. again, he wasn't in so a lot of the movie. Main? Who's your main? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. And? And the president. Bill Pullman. Yeah.
1: Okay. I agree. I think those are actually your two stars of this movie mm-hmm.
2: so i thought they just were wonderful in their roles i was very intrigued they felt like humans they actually had ranges and motions and want and needs and they were all very easy to tell and they were all likable characters
1: yeah, I, uh, I would
2: I would watch a movie of those two. Buddy cop movie right there.
1: <laughs> Buddy president movie. Yeah, yeah.
2: especially because they have a, uh, have a history.
1: Right, because the first time they ever met, David punched the president in the face. Yep. And they got into a fight. It was before he was president, though. So yeah,
2: so it's fine. okay. Yeah, he didn't he like punch a, the president. He was
1: probably like a senator or something at the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, it's fine. My award goes to the practical effects. Okay. The miniatures being blown up were amazing. The actual aliens... Instead of just Thanosing it, they made actual alien suits that mm-hmm. were used. That dissection scene, again, it's one of the reasons why the dissection scene was my Psycho Shower winner too, because it's so cool and the alien looks so amazing in it. And then even when they shoot the alien, you can tell it's just a guy in a suit yeah. falling backwards. I don't care because <laughs> the suit looks so cool. Even any of like, I don't even know, just all of it. It just yeah. all works for me. The practicalness of this movie that is set about fighting aliens looks so good still in 2023 because of how much practical they
2: used. We just we just don't talk about the CGI. It's all good. That that doesn't exist. But not even
1: the CGI wasn't even really that bad. It just wasn't that good either. There was moments where it wasn't very good, but like it has its moments. I
2: it's think it's better it than half the stuff we see today. Better, I will give you that. It's
1: better than the raptors in Jurassic Park, so it's I fine. I will disagree with you. I will not disagree with that
2: because <laughs> i said it
1: <laughs> but yeah but i think the cgi also doesn't look bad because it's not used as much as other movies mm-hmm. it's not relied upon because of the practicals so that's why it gets my award Final thoughts and decisions
2: so clearly this was my first time watching it ever and i had a hoot i enjoyed it a lot wait it... did
1: you have a hoot or did you have a hoot and a half
2: i've never heard that as a, a, a saying really yeah oh it was a hoot and a half
1: it's just something good. A double a hoot? I mean, you can double a hoot. Hoot squared? But... <laughs> now we're just getting crazy with the hoots. <laughs> You've never heard hoot and a half? No. Oh, damn, all right. Well,
2: I it's had, more than a hoot. <laughs> I, I only had a hoot. I won't give it a hoot squared, but I had a hoot. It was a lot of fun. A lot of it doesn't make sense, but who cares? And it still looked great, so it holds up.
1: Okay, fair. I'm with you on this one. Um, I think it does hold up, but not nearly as well as I expected it to. And the Mm. critics or the audience score being only in the 70s makes a lot more sense, having watched it recently now. Yeah, But it still holds up. I still think it's a blast of a movie. Visually, it's still really good. The acting, for the most part, is really good. Not you, Will Smith. (laughs) And so overall, like, I'd watch it again. Yeah. I I will watch it again. I would, and I will.
2: Eh, We'll see. For me. Yeah. I probably will. Who who are we kidding? I rewatched, like, all movies.
1: Exactly. Next Independence Day, you're going to be like, hey, let's watch that
2: movie. So right before this podcast comes out, yes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's it for us.
1: Thank you for joining us as we revisited 1996's Independence Day, starring Jeff Goldblum and Bill Pullman, not you, Will Smith. (laughs) that's that's gonna be my running joke now just not you will smith but i hope you guys enjoyed this episode let us know what you guys think about this movie by coming over to one of our social medias by clicking the link in the description of this episode let us know what you thought about this movie does it hold up for you have you seen it do you still love it do you hate it what's your favorite things about it what's your least favorite things about it and how the hell does Roland Ember keep getting money to make these damn movies i still don't get it But until next time, you know, you guys know what to do. Be good to yourself. Be kind to others. And keep watching movies.
2: Bye.